Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi, welcome back. This will be for Daniel chapter 1. So I'm going to read a little bit of an introduction to this chapter uh, in the book of Daniel to get us a framework for what we're going to be talking about for a little while here. Daniel was probably a youth when he was taken captive to Babylon. Daniel refuses to eat the king's meat. The three Israelites are cast into the furnace for not worshiping the king's idol. And Daniel is thrown into the lion's den for praying to God. Traditionally, it is believed that the book was written by Daniel. There are theories which indicate that there may have been four authors which explain the wide span of time the text covers. However, through modern revelation, the accuracy of its major doctrinal sections is confirmed in sections 65 and 116 and 138. The purpose for the book of Daniel is to teach his people that not only could they live their religion in this alien and spiritually inhospitable land, but they could also find a close relationship with God in doing so. God had not abandoned his people and would, therefore, continue to be their God, even in Babylon. The majority of the book is written in Aramaic, which was the accepted language among the Jews during that era. Daniel was a chief ruler in Babylon and Persia. Most scholars agree that Nebuchadnezzar, as a Babylonian prince, was in command of his father's troops in 605 BC when they soundly defeated the Egyptian forces at Carchemish. This defeat marked the beginning of the end of the Egyptian empire as a world power and put the the known world on notice that it would now have to reckon with Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar pursued the Egyptians southward and dealt them a, a worse defeat near Hamath in Syria, thus securing Syria and Judea for the expanded Babylonian empire. As seen in Daniel chapter 1, this drive resulted in the siege of Jerusalem in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim and in Judah's being made a vassal to Babylon for the next three years. At that time, many of the finest vessels of the temple were taken to Babylon as tribute. Selected members of Judah's upper class, which included Daniel, were carried captive to to Babylon. Sometime during this campaign, Nebuchadnezzar learned of the death of his father, and within the year he returned to Babylon to be made king. Later he besieged Jerusalem twice more, carrying off additional captives, both times and eventually destroying Jerusalem about 587 B.C., All the evidence suggests that Daniel and his three companions were taken into captivity during the first exile to Babylon. Daniel lived in Jerusalem at the same time Lehi did, though there is no evidence to suggest that they knew each other. And that was out of uh, the Institute Manual. So it's possible, although not mentioned, that maybe Nephi and and Daniel were, were buddies. Uh, There may be an age difference there. I don't know. Uh, Anyway, verse 1. In the third year of the reign of of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, into Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. Shinar was the plain of the lower delta country between the Tigris and the Euphrates rivers, where they approached the Persian Gulf. It was the ancient land of Chaldea or Babylonia. Verse 3, And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, or the chief of his officers. The word eunuch is the English form of the Greek word which means bedkeeper. 
In the strict and proper sense, they were the persons who had charge of the bedchambers in palaces and larger houses. It was the Eastern custom that this duty was given to those who were deprived of their virility, but some of these persons rose to be confidential advisors of their royal masters or mistresses. The word was occasionally employed to denote persons in such a position without indicating anything of their proper manhood. Continuing verse 3, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish, but well favored, in other words, good in appearance, they were handsome looking, and skillful in all wisdom and cunning and knowledge and understanding science and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning in the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat, or delicacies, and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Recognize those last three names? <laughs> unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave unto Daniel the name Belteshazzar, and to Hananiah, Shadrach, and to Mishael, of Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel purposed in his heart, or he was committed to the Lord from the very start, that he would not defile himself. So in other words, Daniel made up his mind that he was going to keep the commandments, and he never diverted that, he never left that uh, path. He never left the covenant path. He would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. What was wrong with the king's meat? Some of the foods may have been on the list of forbidden foods under the law of Moses. Some of the meats of the Babylonians may not have been properly drained of blood, another violation of the law of Moses. The heathens consecrated the food at their feasts by offering up part of the food and drink as sacrifices to their gods. Consuming such food would be participating in the worship of false gods. Also, the food would be considered unclean if prepared by someone considered unclean, such as a heathen, at least to the Jews. Verse 9, Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love or compassion with the prince of the eunuchs. And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear my lord the king, who hath appointed your meat and your drink, for why should he see your faces worse liking or less healthy than the children which are of your sort or of your age? Then shall ye make me endanger my head to the king. Then said Daniel to Melzar, he's the steward, whom the prince of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days, and let them give us pulse, such seeds and grain as peas, wheat, barley, and rye, to eat and water to drink. That doesn't really sound all that tasty, but anyway, I'm sure it was good, right? Then let our counter countenances be looked upon before thee, and the countenance of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat, and as thou seest deal with thy servants. So he consented to them in this matter, and proved them ten days. And at the end of ten days their countenances appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. Thus Melzar took away the portion of their meat and the wine which, that, they should, that they should drink, and gave them pulse. I wonder if he gave it to all the people now, all these uh, young men. Verse 17, As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now at the end of the days that the king had said he should bring them in, then the prince of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar, and the king communed with them. And among them all was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore stood they before the king. And in all nation, and in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them to ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in his realm. 
The Hebrew word for astrologers and magicians is asha, ashafim, which means an enchanter who uses incantations and who practices hidden arts with evil spirits. These people were frequently associated with evil spirits. Daniel and his brethren were, found, were founded in truth and revelation from God and were thus of much greater wisdom and understanding than the king's magicians and astrologers. Even though their native abilities were considerable, they were magnified even more by the power of the Spirit in their lives. Verse 21, And Daniel continued even unto the first year of King Cyrus. So he lived to be 80 years old, it's mentioning here. Elder Packer said, I have come to know that a fundamental purpose of the word of wisdom has to do with revelation. From the time you were very little, we teach you to avoid tea, coffee, liquor, tobacco, narcotics, and anything else that disturbs your health. If someone under the influence can hardly listen to plain talk, how can they respond to spiritual promptings that touch their most delicate feelings? As valuable as the word of wisdom is as a law of health, it may be much more valuable to you spiritually than it is physically. Anyway, that's the end of the chapter for Daniel 1. We'll see you next time. Bye.